This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank Issue for supporting the Made for This podcast. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything's optimized to post on your website and your social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code made for this. And now here's Jenny. You guys know we are talking about all the different emotions that we feel in the season. And I would say one has been on certain days hopeless. Now, none of us even close to have situations like Nick that we're going to talk to today. You all know my friend, hopefully from If Gathering, you heard him speak there. If you don't know him, you need to go buy his books, watch his videos right this minute. So Nick, it is so good to have you on. So tell us kind of a little bit about your story to get us started. Jenny, it's an honor and a privilege to catch up with you. Love you so much. For those who don't know, I was born without arms and legs. Our ministry, our nonprofit organization that's based in California is called Life Without Limbs. And little did I know how difficult sometimes during childhood and adolescent years would come my way, but I would always have a life without limbs instead of a life without hope. And God made sure uh, that I would have loving parents who would fear him, love him, serve him, and trust him with their limbless boy. They had no idea that I was going to be born this way. Uh, Doctors said that I wouldn't walk, I wouldn't be able to go to school, but little did they know that God would use my mom to actually change the education system laws to allow special needs integration into the mainstream school system of Victoria, Australia. And it was awesome growing up with 24 first cousins around me, a Serbian European family. We went to church every Sunday. I heard my dad preach about the love of God. And I'm like, yep, cool. Yep. I know. I, Jesus loves Mm -hmm. me. But when I went to school and I saw everyone else, you know, who had more than me, my question was, well, why me? Why was I born this way? And no one knew why I was born this way. And so I'm going through school and kind of not able to obviously participate in all the school activities with everyone, which made me, you know, spend time forcefully with the teachers kind of one-on-one. And I'm realizing, wait a second, they're not here for fun. This is their job. Mom and dad have a job. I'm not going to get a job. Wait a second. They got married. I'm not going to get married. Mm. Wait a second. If I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life, what hope is there for me? Mm. So for me, I went through depression, attempted suicide at age 10. Mm. The climax of that depression was because of bullying at school. And then real quick, when I was 13 years old, played soccer, hurt my little foot really bad that I couldn't walk anymore for three weeks, had to heal, looking at the ceiling saying, okay, I got a choice either to be angry for what I don't have or be thankful for what God did give me. And finally, my biggest question that I had to God of why I was born this way was answered when I was 15, reading John chapter 9. A man was born blind. No one knew why. Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And uh, he healed the man. And what really changed my life was not another miracle. What changed my life was that Jesus said he was going to display the splendor and the works of God. Mm. 
So I'm like, okay, God, give me <laughs> arms and legs. And if you give me arms and legs, I will serve you and live for you for the rest of my life. And if you don't give me arms and legs, I will live for you and serve you for the rest of my life. Because I knew that the greatest disabilities that I had was the soul in the soul, the, the, the sin, fear, death, all of these things that Jesus can rescue all of us from. And so when I talk to people, Jenny, as I had the privilege of speaking on the stage of the IF conference, it was such a, a beautiful moment where everyone understands in their mind when they see a limbless man, they think, wow, I can't imagine what they're going through uh, or what Nick's had to go through. Mm -hmm. But I always say, you know what? It's the loneliness. It's the hopelessness, which is false, that we sometimes feel that will cripple us more than having no arms and no legs. Well, Nick and I met for the first time in a small group. Do you remember this? We were at a Christian conference somewhere and they put us in a small group together. And I had heard your story and we sit next to you and I'm thinking, I got this. Like, I'm going to help him a little. Like, I'll, 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 do, I'll do whatever he needs. Because you didn't have anybody with you at that, at that moment. You did at the conference, but, but there at the table. And I was like, what do you need? What do you need? And I just kept trying to help you. And you'd look at me and you'd just laugh. You were like, I've got it. Like, I can do this. <laughs> now, you got to understand, you guys, he doesn't have arms or legs. Like, and he can do anything. He's sitting there texting this morning. I mean, I'm telling you, the guy has not slowed down. It hasn't stopped him. And what I love is you are one of the most joyful people I know, Nick. You are so joyful. You are so happy. Every time I see you, you are so happy to see me. It is just so powerful. So talk about that joy specifically. And just even like this morning on a normal, you know, Tuesday, what goes through your head? Like take us through the psychology of just choosing joy and what that looks like. And then we got to hear about your realities because you also got two kids, a wife and a busy life. So let's let's hear about the realities first and then maybe the Tuesday morning thoughts. Yeah, look, I now have four kids with my wife. We That's got right, you had twins. Yes. So we're double, double, double busy. Yes. Look, Jenny, first of all, I'm joyful to see you because I love you. And I've been looking forward to seeing you and catching up. And I'm like, I feel like I've known you forever. And then hearing that we've moved in, into the same kind of Metroplex area, I'm like, wow, this is going to be fun because I always oh. felt like there's going to be more. And you haven't met my wife and you haven't interviewed yes, I her. And, I and we got a book called Love Without Limits. If anybody wants to know how a courageous woman felt convicted to marry a guy without arms and legs, uh, our stories in a book, Love Without Limits. But I'll tell you this, Jenny, when you look at the joy from me, I just want everyone to know I have no problem being fully transparent on any interview. 2020 was a very difficult year for us. Ministry-wise, you know, we haven't really slowed down. We've just had to reset digitally, go from 20% digitally to 80% digitally with not knowing how all that is going. But really my for-profit companies have suffered. You know, this joyful Nick Vujicic can tell you that uh, there was about, I think two weeks when my, or two to four weeks when my brain went numb, mm. where I just wasn't myself. I think it was around March. And then two weeks of panic because I have no idea what this looks like. And then um, it was just six weeks of feeling like I'm just floating and I don't know what is going on. And my world was turned upside down, just like a lot of people in 2020 around the world. When we first of all understand that the anchor of our soul is Jesus Christ, mm. I never doubted in him eventually telling me what he wants me to do. 
I never doubted that in the end, looking back to 2020 from 2030, from 2022, from 2021 perspective, I'm going to be thankful. I know that because I know the fires that he's brought me through. So I didn't doubt that. But in the moment, I've had to do four things to survive. One thing is to actually face and embrace what I feel. Mm. I think people who suppress or oppress or ignore or deny what they feel uh, is the, the most unhealthiest thing anyone can mm. do. And so it is, it, it is possible that a Christian who has full faith in Jesus goes through depression. I mean, there's a couple of people in the Bible who do that, right? And so, and so what yeah. we're going to have to say is, is you got to embrace and deal with what you're feeling. Now, when people, you know, see me, they think of my parents. And yeah, my parents, when they saw me for the first time, they had to deal with their emotions, the shock, the grief, the denial, all these things that uh, were really, you know, difficult for them to, mm. to get over and face. And then the second thing was go through the decision process and figure out, okay, yeah, I've had to go through those emotions. What can I change and what can I not change? And then doing all that you can, you know, you're an entrepreneur at heart, you're a visionary kingdom builder. And so you hustle, you, you know, stay up at night, 2am with vision, right? And you journal and that's who Jenny Allen is. When you do that, and your personality allows you to do that, then the third thing is, okay, be okay to change short term, midterm, long term goals. Mm -hmm. And number four, that I've had to go through the process of this is go through one day at a time and talk to somebody. And I feel like we've really missed one of the greatest gifts of God that is given us is for us to be a family where uh, in our family of God, where you're my sister, I'm your brother, I'm your half brother, joking. Yep. I'm your brother. We can talk to each other and as friends, just talk about life, you know, not even talk about COVID, not talk about politics, not talk about blah, 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 but just talk. And, you know, what was yeah. something that your kids did this week kind of thing? And just being in touch, you know, I wish they never called it social distancing. Singapore's changed it to safe distancing. We should never have called it social distancing mm. because we're social beings, not doings, beings. And so what we got to understand is that all these four pillars I've had to apply in my life and go back yeah. to the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the most important thing that I could ever need and ever want and ever really be desperate for is the Holy Spirit. So the reason why I put all these four things together is because there were times, Jenny, uh, these last couple of months, I couldn't really pray for myself. Yeah. And what I realized is in the power of prayer, I think we have absolutely in the West really watered down, conventionalized, domesticated in our own mind, in our own little planet, in our own little world and bubble that we're in, bubble, being under biblical beliefs, lacking evidence. We have these, uh, did you like that acronym for bubble? Very well done. <laughs> we have, I think, also missed the uh, power of fasting. Yeah. And I mean fasting without food. Not you know, TV, music, blah, blah, food. And so uh, mm. in January, uh, I realized something at the end. You know how you do those New Year's resolution deals, mm -hmm. right? So my New Year's resolution for 2020 uh, was making sure that every month I'm fasting from food for a stretch of days. So January was seven. February was three. March was seven. April was three. Seven, three, seven, three, seven, three. And I've kept that up until now. You want to know why? Because I realized that up until I met my wife, 
we were taking so much territory from the devil. We're talking millions of people here in the gospel, hundreds of millions up until now, 733 million people mm. digitally, face-to-face, 1.1 million people heard the, gospel, uh, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and gave their life to Jesus, 1.1 million mm. face-to-face. You can't do that without angering the devil or having some kind of target That's on right. your back. Well, I'll tell you, when you're at war, you need to put your armor on. And there are some things that come your way that only fasting breaks, period. Mm. So I've actually gotten back to the rhythm of before I met my wife, Jenny, I actually couldn't survive a year without fasting, without food for a total of 65 days without food every Mm. year. So I've gone back and little did I know that it wasn't because of, oh, I'm so glad 2020, the year of vision and clarity and victory and blah, blah, blah. No, it was for our own survival this year. Mm. where I couldn't even pray for myself, but I could fast from food and I could ask people to pray for me. And so going back to the basics of Mm. praying, praying for more than three and a half minutes. I talked about that at the last IF conference Mm -hmm. where I now pray 12 minutes a day uh, because I write out what I pray for. I fast seven or three days a month and I'm not saying, you know, this is what I do, look at me. No, it's not about that. It's like, we need to go back to the basics that's taught through scripture to then help us recalibrate every month or every week where I think COVID has revealed how much we have put our own trust in routine, in our pastors, in the church, Mm. without having our own walk with Jesus, fasting, praying, and being with him. Mm. is such a recalibration for even the strongest of warriors. And I'm so excited to share with you, 2020 has been such a recalibration. And I can tell you, when you ask me about joy, I didn't feel joy for about three months of this year. Do I love my family? Yeah. Do I trust in God? Yeah. But did I go through anxiety and, and stuff? Yeah. That robbed me of my joy? Yeah. But deep, 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 deep peace and rest, though, you don't always feel joy. You have deep, 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 secure faith that despite what you see, despite what you feel, embracing what you feel, taking it to the Lord, having people pray for you, going back to prayer, fasting, and reading of the word, that doesn't always feel joyful. However, it is beautiful that when you do put those four things together that I shared and you do take one day at a time, guess what? Eventually you get through the other side of the valley. I love what you're saying. And some of you know from Get Out of Your Head that that really was a turning point in my season of doubt is fasting and having friends fast and pray with me. And it's true. There are just certain things. And I don't think we talk about fasting enough these days. I think that feels extreme, but it is biblical and it is really, we're called to do it. So choosing to do that through this year is, it feels so important. And thank you for being so candid because I do think, Nick, I can't believe it. I'm so grateful that you struggle because I really just knowing you, I'm like, he doesn't struggle. But I love that you do because you're you're showing us that one, you're human and that two, 
this is a war and it's an ongoing war and it's not something that we just defeat one day you know at 18 or whatever age it was for you it's something that we'll keep fighting all of our lives and so we've got to fight well and that's what you're saying is you cannot just let these waves of grief or hopelessness wash over you you have to stand up and you have to fight and you have to ask people to fight on your behalf Hey guys, Chloe here again. Let's get real. We are always looking for ways to help you out. And I know so many of you listening are creators or you work in churches, your moms, you live to create. But the hard part is when you make something that you want to share, sometimes it's hard to do that when the file size is so big or you just really want it to look nice and professional. Issue is this all-in-one platform that we use here to create and distribute beautiful files, brochures, PDFs, and share them online. No matter who you are, whether you're a salesperson, a mom, you work in the church, you're a teacher at school, Issue is for you. And they make it super easy. All you have to do is upload your PDFs and your files, and they transform them using your vision and all of their customizable templates. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and your social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issuu.com podcast and use our promo code made for this. And now back to Jenny. So here's my next question is some people listening are thinking, you know what? I'm not utterly hopeless. I just feel down. I just feel kind of eh, like, you know, almost where you could survive like that. Just not yourself, but not terrible, not in a pit of despair, but just kind of I think there's like a general fog over all of us from the pandemic that isn't necessarily depression. For some people it is, but it's just kind of a lethargic, eh. <laughs> Talk to those people about about that place and how that's an enemy as well. 100%. So that in itself, it's an enemy in itself. I, I don't know if I could just say that as a sentence and put a period at the end of that. Talk about a fog. Uh, do you think that Joseph in the prison had a fog? Do you think that anyone in the Bible had a fog at a time in their mind? Uh, I think that they may have. And I think what we need sometimes is that those times where we feel so desperate for God in a way that is in, in the sharpest way. Sometimes, though, it's a fog where we need him to actually wake us up and awaken our spirit on that uh, time, but uh, at, that, at that moment. However, I also believe that we need to give ourselves time. It's mm, good. You know, just like we mourn over somebody, uh, we never stop missing them. When, when something stops and, and something you have or someone you love is in your life, you go in a fog. You're numb, you're displaced, uh, you feel misplaced, but it, it's okay to feel that humanness. And when you feel that though, pray, read your Bible, ask somebody to fast for you. I love how you said that. You fasted for other friends, so did I. And it's actually one of the greatest gifts that you could ever give from brother or sister, sister or brother to the family of God, saying praying for you. No, you're not. You just lied in church telling me that you're praying for me when you actually didn't pray for me. But when I can look you in the eye and say, Jenny, I'm fasting for you this week. What can I fast for you for? <laughs> right. Right. Now that 
is love. And so for anyone who feels unmotivated, feeling like you don't have the strength to peel yourself off the floor, first of all, you're not alone there. God's with you there as well. And eventually just give yourself time. We all deal with different emotions. I mean, if you define this, right, you've got panic, you've got anxiety, but you also got grief. You're, you're grieving what you used to have, questioning everything, except for your faith in God. And it just means that he's stripping you away mm-hmm. and putting you in a place and putting your heart in a place to say, this is what, th- th- this is Jenny, th- this is what I think the biggest lesson is for everyone who feels that way. Here's one thread of example for 2020. We all know about COVID. So I know people who are saying, don't worry, we're going to pray that COVID goes away. I have my own opinion on this whole circus. Yeah. Do I know that it's a flu? Yeah. Did my aunt die of the flu? Yeah. She was very old. She was in a nursing home and she died of the flu. Okay. That's why old, older people take flu shots, right? It's a flu. For my own opinion on all of this, what we got to understand is we should not just be praying now that COVID goes away. Just saying, well, let's just pray that things get back to normal. Because if things quickly got back to normal, would we go back to a place that maybe and do something maybe that God didn't want us to do anymore Mm. and take that away from us? So sure, we can pray that this thing goes away. Absolutely. There are some people praying that, well, we're going to pray for revival to break out. I'm not praying for revival, Jenny. I'm not. I'm not praying that COVID goes away. I'm not praying for revival as much as I'm praying for this. Open-handedly, God, show us what you want us to do. Mm, yes. Show us what you want us to learn and, and show us how this is the greatest opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. Because get this, anyone you know who don't know Jesus is worshiping some idol. Mm their job, their ability to supply money to the table, worshiping the entertainment industry, worshiping people at concert, worshiping stability, worshiping their own intellect, worshiping their own self and security. Guess what? We're all being stripped away of all of that. Then people are doing the soul searching. And and, uh, this is the time where you can share your history as his story. This is the time you talk to your neighbors. This is the time you talk to your friends at school. And this is the time we really, as a church, have a look at ourselves in the mirror naked. And we're seeing what works and we're seeing what doesn't work. That's right. Yep. And, And I feel that the greatest ministries that will be flourishing over the next 10 years will be the churches and the ministries who understood the importance of not getting into just a cell group of eight or nine people, but one-on-one. How Mm -hmm. are you doing? How can I pray for you? This cell group thing, cool. I do a Zoom Bible study every Thursday with my best friends and my brothers. They're all over the country. We did that Zoom for, for years. But, but we, need, we need each other. Mm-hmm. We need to 
both pray for other people individually and they need to pray for us. You can impart what God's given you and they can impart what God's given them. And then as you're edifying one another as the body of Christ, you go out and reach out to somebody else. There are still 32,000 homeless in LA. There is still 30 million sex slaves in the world. You know, just understand, we still have a half a million kids waiting for a Christian home to be fostered in or adopted in. And we had, I I said this on the conference, on the stage, verbatim, there were 100,000 churches in America with a half a trillion dollars worth of debt for buildings, which guess what, are pretty much empty right now. So I, I wonder if the first prayer that we have actually about this is not for revival, because I don't even know if half the half of America know how to get on our knees and pray. Have we prayed? Have we fasted yet? Have you fasted for the next election? Has anyone fasted that you know for the next election? Did we know that an election's coming up? Do we need a church campaign to start? You know, like this is it. This is where the rubber hits the road. And mm. I believe that there will be a remnant of teenagers saying, well, that was great, but I'm going to actually challenge my own parents to start. That's right. I'm telling you, it's in that generation. I see my own school to actually pick up the hundred foster kids waiting in my own backyard. (laughs) I think the next generation is going to put us to absolute shame. Could not agree more with that. Nick, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what everyone needed. It was the greatest pep talk ever during COVID. We're going to have you back because everybody needs this. I mean, it's like the lifting of the head. It's not denying what we feel, but it is believing God for hope and a future that we've got to work with him toward, right? Like we've got to participate in that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful for you. And let's grab that soon. Love you too. Thanks for making time. Hey guys, this is Chloe, and we hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Jenny and Nick. You can connect with Nick on Instagram, on his website. We'll make sure to put all of those links in the show notes. And then he also has some incredible books that you can find on Amazon called Life Without Limits and Be the Hands and Feet are just two of our favorites. So make sure to head over and find those. And we are so glad that you joined us today. We'll see you next time for the Made for This podcast. Podcast.